When you start your business, no one ever prepares you for what's in store. So finding someone else who just gets it is sometimes the thing that can keep you pushing toward that big business goal. We're turning our Zoom coffee chats into a weekly unfiltered podcast for online business owners. They were so good, we always wanted to record them and repurpose them for content anyways. And that's on being a social media manager. I'm Jessica Sheehy. And I'm Madeline Dygan. And this is Hashtag Managed. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Managed. Hey Madeline, how's it going? How was your weekend? Good, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) How many episodes are we in and we're just like, wait, hold on. We're just going to keep talking on top of each other. We have to leave that in because that was was real. How, uh, uh, I guess I'll go with my weekend first, my weekend first. Um, it was good. Again, I feel like every episode lately I've been talking about how obsessed I am with Masters of the Air, but again, that's like what I do on Friday nights. I, Brennan, we cook a, cook dinner and then we watch Masters of the Air. And I love them. I'm obsessed. Um, and then also... Um, I don't know if you saw or if our audience saw, but my favorite TikToker reposted one of my stories last week. And actually, it was the Buzzing Blonde's sixth birthday last week, so it tied into that. So that was the highlight of my weekend slash week last week. (laughs) But yeah, how was your weekend? Yeah, I love that. That's pretty eventful for <laughs> so many <laughs> big milestones to to hit. And I love a good Lily, I'm like I know we're I I think we're both alike. We're we're both homebodies and like that, but we also can go somewhere and like enjoy and travel and do things too. So I feel like life's about balance. So I like that. Um, but yeah, my weekend was also pretty uneventful, which I feel like is really boring, but that's what we get when we start really recording these episodes in the middle of winter and we had a snowstorm so I've been cold (laughs) and I haven't been doing anything I've been more of a homebody than I ever have been I think I did like home organization projects which I love like that is my favorite I have a lot of favorite sides of TikTok so full disclosure Mm -hmm. there but one of my favorite sides of TikToks are like home organization. I just love it. I love all of the like organization, the color coded fridge, the look at all these cool gadgets that I'm packing on my trip. Like I love those videos. They're very comforting. Do you watch the home edit? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. I love that for us. I love them and their Instagram. Their Instagram. Oh my gosh. Um, I was just going to ask you something and it just went out. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. While you think about that, Madeline, I do have a confession for everyone. And Madeline, you might have some advice on this. And I haven't been in one of these in a while. I am in a reading rut. I have not read in two weeks because I don't think we've talked about like reading in a I while. Was, I was going to ask you about if you finished Glossier. Okay. Glossier. So- yeah. Glossy? Is it glossy? Glossy. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 I probably have like 20% left in the book. And why I can't finish it, I don't know. But I am in such a reading rut that it's so strange. And okay, I if I 
in years past when I've gotten in a reading rut, I will turn, I think I talked about her being my like comfort author on this podcast before, but I will turn to a Frida McFadden novel because I can read through it in a day. And I have read all (laughs) of her novels and her short stories. And I don't think her next book is being released until sometime this spring, which I don't, I think like late spring. So I have a lot of time before I add that (laughs) to my comfort. So I don't know why I'm in such a reading rut. I think part of it is I'm consuming a lot more like Instagram and TikTok content than I have been. Like it's award show season. I'm like watching those. I'm watching the Super Bowl ads. I'm watching content. I'm like I'm more interested in like what influencers and creators are posting that I'm following, which is maybe part of it. So I don't know. I'm in a reading run. Hopefully next week I can be out of it. I can report back on finally finishing Glossy and maybe starting another book. I forgot to tell you. So my mom, um, she texted me. Let me also back up here. My mom and I – let me – I feel like I'm like back up, back up, back up. So – when I was little, I feel like this is important information for you and our audience to understand my reading journey. So when I was little, I didn't re- – I have ADHD, and I didn't read at my grade level until third grade, which, I mean, if you think about that, that it took me a while, while to catch up mm-hmm. to everybody. But after that, like, I've been a bookworm. And so mm-hmm. anyways, my mom and I uh, – and growing up, my mom would always, like, read the books that I was reading – in class in school to kind of like help me comprehend it study it whatever now we just like I think have our own little book club ourselves because we like similar authors um and just it's always awesome because I always whenever I go to Barnes and Nobles I'll use my mom's card and sometimes I get like the five like the percent offer like a free (laughs) coffee or whatever Mm -hmm. but she texted me last week and she goes have you read this and it was um the hand handmaids um, oh the handmaid's by, tale yeah no 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 but it was by um by re- who did oh, you just say housemaid yes thank you sorry yes i'm like i'm wait, like handmaid's tale. I'm so sounds com- like <laughs> yes handmaid um but yeah no and i was like no i haven't read that one but i love that author and i and i told her i was like also jessica my co-host loves that author too and i feel like i've heard her mention that one mm-hmm. um so I just thought it was funny, and I'm going home this this week. Oh, I just remembered also what I was going to say <laughs> in the beginning. I You said that you had a snowstorm. I'm on my way back to Indiana um, tomorrow, actually, to see fam- family and friends, but also to – guess what, guys? Yep, get my hair done because I'm going home it's to Indiana. Funny. Yep, it's happening. Um and I'm going to steal that book from her when I'm home. Yeah. So, and and where I was going with that too, it's I know it's a snow blizzard there as well. And I'm not looking forward to that because it's sunny and warm-ish down here in Charleston. To yeah. me, I'm like, it is kind of chilly. But then my mom's like, is there snow? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but it's cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different kind of cold. Like, I think if you like, like Charleston, like I'm from Tampa, if you guys are listening, didn't know, like, there's a different kind of cold when it's cold in these warm vacation spots. Mm-hmm. And it's so different. Like, I mean, 
please don't come for me if you live somewhere that's even colder than where I am now and I'm saying this I'm a Floridian keep that in mind so full disclosure and so like 50 degrees in Florida is equivalent in my book to like the 30 degrees that is here Mm -hmm. like and again that's 20 degrees difference and so anyway I I get that but oh so exciting that you're going and finally going to get your hair done which I know is so exciting I actually had a hair appointment on Friday so I feel like maybe that's why my whole like weekend was off because unfortunately I had to get pushed back um which is fine it's happening I think not this Friday, but next Friday. So I've got something to like look forward to. It's like happening. We're both going to be – We're. I feel like we're both yep. going to be like fe- living our best lives here mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, we we're going to get our personalities but... back. When... Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but I love that. So yeah, you'll love the housemaid. Like if – even if I talk to someone who – I like to nerd out over books. So if I talk to someone who's not a reader, like – the housemaid is one of the first few books that I'll recommend. And then of course, after you read it, you have to read the housemaid's secret because that book is also really good too. So anyway, I can make a case for any Frida McFadden novel because they're so good. Maybe I've read so many, maybe I should just go back and reread, um, reread to get out of my funk because I need to do that. I, yeah, I'm stuck on glossy for some reason. So I think I just need something to, that's an easy, like light read. I was also reading another book, which I can't remember what it was. And I don't have my Kindle like at easy access to grab right now, but I started it and it was a really slow start, but maybe I should go back to that. But it was like one, it was like a top recommended book to me, like based on my reading history. So I'll find the name of it. And if that gets me out of my rut, I will definitely share here on the podcast. But yeah, it's been it's been a little cold. So I feel like I need a little, well, one, I need my hair appointment to come so I can get my personality back. <laughs> and two, I think I'm just a little vitamin D deficient. And so I need some sun. So start of March, I will go back to Tampa for a little mini like I'll work, so I'll call it a workcation, but mm-hmm. I am also going to soak up as much sun as I can get. And of course, I will wear my SPF. I always do, but I'm like, I just need a little bit of warm weather to kind of get back into the swing of things. But um, yeah, well, so, so many things happening. And I think, I know we have a lot of fun things to kind of talk through with our segment. So Madeline, should we kick off with our first segment, our water cooler? Yes. This week, our anonymous person says, I've had a client for close to six months, and for the amount of work I do for them, I really undercharge myself. The contract the contract expires at the end of March. If the client wants to renew their contract, what's the best way to go what's the best way of going about increasing my prices? Oh, this is good. And I'll, I'll, I'll kick off with kind of my perspective because we're we're recording this around the end of February and I know this episode will go live be at the end of February, the last week. So now is the time, the last week of February, the start of March to have the conversation with your client about the contract ending and next steps. I think something like this should first and foremost happen in an email because with, I think with a lot of things like contracts and agreements and just really 
like foundational things of a project that need like a client's approval and basically anything that you want a paper trail of. And so I think money and contracts is one of those things. Have the email so that way you have that paper trail record of having this conversation. And I would start it off with just by communicating where you're at with, I know right now you're feeling like you're undercharging yourself. And I I know I've, I've been there. I'm sure Madeline has been as well. And so it's really defeating when you're exhausted and you're not being compensated to what you think that that work should be compensated for. But again, I would reach out to your client and let them know in just a 30-ish day notification that the contract is ending and here are the next steps. You've really enjoyed working with them as a client and would love to continue that relationship. However, in the next three or six months, however many long contract uh, timeline that you want to suggest to them, you can really kind of adjust that based off where you're thinking, kind of based off of hopefully this, this advice and, you know, give the new parameters for the contract. And so that lets them know that the contract length might change, but it's also going to change in the pricing. And I think there's multiple things when it comes to changing our pricing. There's a lot of factors that go into it. I don't I really don't think we need to sit there and write a whole Frida McFadden novel over how much we've done for the project and the ROI we've brought and our worth and our value and the economy and it's 2024 and all of those things. When in reality, contracts raise all the time. It happens for so many different industries. It happens for so many different service providers. And I know we as social media managers get put under a microscope because we are typically on a monthly retainer versus other service providers. And so I would just let them know that the reason you are raising the rates is because of the scope of the project and how it encompasses, of course, include what that is. And of course, you can always you can always add in those things I mentioned around, you know, your 2024 rates are going up, um, whether that be for demand, whether that be for different things. Maybe you've done some personal and professional development in 2023. Maybe you plan to do so. You know, there's so many different things that can play into that. And you can certainly include that in your email, but I don't think that you need to, um, you know, really kind of harp on it and go in depth. And so Long story short, send at least the 30-day notification of the contract ending and have it be next steps because it really is next steps in terms of you proposing a new contract, a new price, and add in those steps for that client to sign and accept that contract right there in the email. We don't really want to add a lot of um, back and forth in email because I'm sure you don't want that. I'm sure your client doesn't want that. And so you're proposing those terms and can kind of go from there. So yeah, I think that's really everything that you need to include when it comes to sending that email to your client. And just know that you don't need to prove anything in that email. Just send it factually. One thing that I've been doing in 2024, which to be honest, I probably should have done this a long time ago. I'm trying to cut out the I think we talked about this too in like an earlier episode, but I'm trying to cut out the fluff in my emails. I'm always that person who, well, one, I'm always putting a million and one exclamation points. Like I 
use emojis. Like, I'm sorry, I use that way to express myself. And so I don't do emojis in professional emails, but I do exclamation points. So I'm trying to just get to the point. I'm trying to remove fluff. I'm trying to remove things like if this is okay with you and just trying to honestly stand in my own power as a business owner, which is hard. I think as females, we really struggle with that sometimes. And um, so anyway, all that to say, just go about the email transactionally. That's what it is. And my perspective, if a client has any questions about that, I, at that point, like to get them on a Zoom call, um, especially if they don't have any questions that they've sent to me in that email, because I would love to, of course, have that paper trail. But if they want to have a conversation, I love to do it on Zoom. I'm just better talking face-to-face in general. And if there's any questions or anything holding them back, I can kind of answer and address that. And of course, if you're going into that, you know, that's just them, your client having questions for you. That's not them coming to, you know, kind of like work your way down or discount or anything like that. Now, will clients try to do that? Yeah. I think a lot of times people are bargain shoppers. They want a discount. They want that. Sometimes that's people's nature. And there's really no reason we need to take that personally um, and kind of go about it that way. And I guess the last point, which I'm like, okay, a million and one last points, but the last point is if you're wondering with how how to, um, you know, how much to raise your rate. I think that's something that one really think about it from, you know, an objective standpoint. Money is super subjective. We put so much emotion around it. So of course, if you're really undercharging yourself to where you're maybe breaking even with this client, or maybe you're in the red or something, of course, you know, raise your rate to really accommodate that. But we want you to be profitable. So also take that into account. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be profitable as a social media manager, as a service provider in general. So you can definitely raise that rate. But also keep in mind that, you know, maybe say, for example, the package is $1,000 per month could be more, could be less, but for the sake of this example, because I'm not the best at mental math um, and we're recording this towards the end of the workday, so I definitely can't do mental math. Um, But say it's $1,000 and maybe you listen to a podcast or you were on a webinar or heard from someone who basically is charging three times that, because I know I have been in those situations where I'm like, whoa, am I really undercharging myself because I'm not double or triple like this person? And again, I don't know if anyone has ever signed anyone with that price. I don't know if anyone has the right experience that I do. I mean, hopefully they're not under, you know, less experience than I am charging that price, but that could happen. That's totally fine. Um, But anyway, think about it in the sense of realistically, can your client sustain you at that rate for six months? Because, if you're trying to go from a thousand to two thousand, that's a large jump, especially over six months. But maybe if you go from a thousand to fifteen hundred, again, just for the sake of easy mental math here, that's a little bit easier for a client to understand. Okay, that is an increase by X percent. Again, can't do math, so you guys will have to do that on your own if you want to. But you know, I can sustain. Jessica's rate for the next six months and pay her because then, you know, do you get in a pickle in month four, month five, when maybe they've ran out of money that could always do that. So always just kind of keep that in mind when you're pricing yourself. So that's a really long winded water cooler, but there's a lot of different things to really think about there. 
Perfect. And so, okay, let's go into show me the numbers. And so if you've been listening, this is our second segment. So this segment is really open to any numbers that that I have, that Madeline has, that we want to brag about. But, you know, organic social media sometimes is slow. And I personally don't have any numbers. Um, I would, of course, once I, you know, do a couple of analytics reports for myself and others, I can definitely share if they're not that great, because I'm not going to lie, there are some platforms, like for myself right now, Instagram, I'm in the red, Madeline. But, you know, it's one of those things that there are certain pieces of content that are doing so much better than I've posted in the past like two or three years. So, you know, I'm I'm doing worse in terms of followers, impressions, and reach. Like honestly, all are declining. Um, but I've been doing more carousels, which have been really fun. And they have been getting tons of comments, tons of saves, tons of shares, which I haven't seen big numbers on any of those metrics in a long time. So I don't know. I guess that's a win. I was I wanted to share too. So I mentioned that Avery Woods, the TikToker, um, she shared my video that I posted on Instagram or in Instagram stories. And I think I had mentioned to you where Avery has like three hundred thousand, maybe less, but like in you know, high thousands. Mm-hmm. And after she posted my video, I probably got maybe 20 new followers and pleasantly surprised, but also where I'm like, are they the like quality followers? Not per mm-hmm. se, but you know, I mean, yeah. give and you take. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's a good point because I know I've had a lot of like conversations with clients recently who are like wanting to really branch into um, influencers and content creators, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, their perspective on it is if we can just get them to post, if we can just get them to comment, I'm like, comment? What? I'm not going to be impressed. Like who, <laughs> who is going to be this person commenting and all of these things, you know, it certainly can't be one off, but um, no, that's that's interesting. And just to know that not all of those people are great followers, but you know, maybe a few of them are, which I think is is a great like win from that. And honestly, just in general, from Avery reposting anyway. Right. And something else I thought about, or it was awesome to see her repost me, but to me, seeing her fall like hit the fall button for me, that would been awesome, but. Mm-hmm. I was I'm like, why would she follow me? Like, I'm mean, yes, right. I am awesome, but I'm a social media, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. there really is no reason, I think, right now. Like, I'm really not making content that would appeal to her right now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. And that brought up a really good thing that I've been thinking on because from our very first episode, and maybe even when we recorded the trailer. So that was, you know, start of 2024. I really set out for 2024 to be the year that I really embrace my personal brand. And I'm not going to lie, it is really hard to be the person in front of the camera. I love my comfort zone of being a social media manager. And I don't think we talk about that as much anymore. And so I... 
I'm now finding more clarity and I know like all of the different ideas that I have that I just want to post like and I think that's the kicker for it for me I want to lean into my personal brand but I don't want to do it strategically I don't want a content calendar yes I want to do it the way that I would like not advise a client to do and yes I just I know but that's hard it's like wait yeah it it, it's not natural (laughs) so that's what I'm struggling with I feel so seen right now and I honestly posted I I honestly posted something similar this past weekend because I made I saw that you saw it but I made a TikTok talking about bringing Libby Lou back Jessica I'm not Okay, let me talk. Let, or yes, let me let you yes, talk. Sorry, yeah. Let me let you talk. <laughs> when I tell you how hard and how many takes I took for that, like mm-hmm. these whole getting ready videos are so, like because you a good getting ready video, you tell a story, mm-hmm. and or you know, you tell a story. Yeah, I was giving an idea. I it was super long. I knew it was long. I let me also say, and this is what I kind of talked about on my story, tying this all together. I still send my sister and some of my friends videos that I create before I post them because yes, I am still. I don't want to say insecure, but like I I don't know. I that is just how like I just. Maybe it is that, like, perfectionist in me. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Let's call the kettle black. Yeah. Like, that is mm-hmm. what it is. But I also know that my friends, like, the friends who I send it to, they're also my friends who they probably aren't going to like or comment on it because they've already seen it. And honestly, they prefer it that way. Like, they feel like mm-hmm. they get, like, uh, get to see the show before – I like release it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And when I sent it to my sister, she was like, yeah, it's super long. I only got to like, I forget how, how long the video is. And I was like, thank you for your honesty, Lib. Thank you. If you're listening right now, you know, you know how I really feel, (laughs) but you know, I, and I knew I told her, I was like, I know that it's long. I know that not many people are going to make it to the end of this video and I think selfishly, too, it's been kind of cool to look at those insights to see how many people have watched the full thing. But mm-hmm. I will say that it has done well. And again, this is on TikTok. I, didn't, I don't think I started off by saying where I posted this video, but it's on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I posted it to the Buzzing Blonde because it had to do with beauty. And similar to what you're saying, so I made... I think you you honestly inspired me to create my personal, like a personal TikTok because Mm -hmm. I too like want to work on that personal brand. Just post for me, post like kind of remember why we got into this, like where it's like, I Mm -hmm. honestly know it'd be game over for people if I like, Mm -hmm. you know, actually taking a TikTok seriously. And I yeah. think we'll work up to that. But it's just like, again, it is hard. And But similar to what you were saying too, it's just like, I agree. I like don't want to have a content calendar. I want – but I, but then I struggled too because I'm like, okay, Maddie, but you know that if you want to 
see success on TikTok, you have to be consistent. And honestly, Mm -hmm. you have to post like two to three times. Like it's the social media manager in my brain being like, nope, Mm -hmm. like jokes on you. Yeah. No, I think it's funny you said that too, because I think a part of me is struggling with It's nothing, I think, crazy, but I think we have just shy of 800 followers on TikTok. And guys, that has been a struggle. That has been a struggle to get to 800, let me tell you. And that has been many times of testing lots of things, starting, stopping. Right now, like what we're doing that works, it's just, and we're scheduling it all in later. We're really not doing too, too much native in app and so a lot of the things are podcast clips which is honestly from 2023 hashtag manage podcast episodes we'll eventually get to the 2024 ones when we you know get to that point in um not being so scheduled out and later and so it's a lot of different things and it's really specific to like social media and just the social savvy brand in general which shares a lot of different things so I think I've gone back and forth and that's why I just can't post is to where I'm like okay, do I post on my personal? Or wait, this is a really good post. What if I post it on Social Savvy's TikTok? What if it does really good? And then in my head, I'm like, please be quiet a little bit, that little voice in my head. And then I just, I don't post at all. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait because I'm I'm trying to just bank everything in a folder on my iPhone because I don't want a content calendar. I don't want to schedule things out. I just want to, I want it to come naturally. And I know if I can create a great bank of content and ideas, which I have, start in March. I'm not even saying March 1, just at some point. Maybe I start next week. I don't even know. It will happen when it happens. And just start posting and getting into that good habit of creating because I think I go back and forth on which profile to do it. I know ultimately I just need to do it on my own so I can have it. And it cannot be planned. It can just be fun. It can be like, I don't know if there's a name for it, but like what's the name for a a Finsta on TikTok? But that's like I don't think we have a name for that yet, but that should add that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> like to me, that's how I'm looking at it, which is so weird to say as a social media manager, it feels like a sin. I can't say that, but um, but yeah, so I'll I'll start posting when it when it makes sense. And I, I think that's the other thing, and maybe because I'm in my reading funk that I'm consuming so much content. So I'm like consuming content of all of these creators like nano micro like big influencers as well and I'm like oh my gosh that could be me but I don't post and then I'm just in that like never-ending cycle so I really feel like I'm in my client's shoes because I know when they come to me this is exactly what they deal with but on the other hand it's one of those things where I can't actually like like I wouldn't outsource it if that makes sense like any other thing in my business I would like if I could, if I couldn't do it or didn't have the time and had the budget for it, I would. But I'm not necessarily going to bring on like a person to do my personal TikTok because, again, it's my brand. So I feel like one, I'm filming it, and I'm a perf- like you, perfectionist. I can't actually get like a good take on anything. And so yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my struggle. That's my soapbox this week. <laughs> no, I I feel that. You know, now we're getting to our (laughs) second segment. And so, as I was saying, however many minutes ago, if you stayed with us this long, thank you. Um, This is a very random week. But you know what? That happens. We're creatives and we've created a lot. So, we're a little fried 
I always like to say that. That's yeah. like my new thing. My brain is fried. It's like, okay, hold on. <laughs> What's going on? But so this week, I want to highlight something that is a little interesting, might be also a little controversial. Madeline and I were talking about it before we hit record. So Instagram is testing, supposedly, new limits on how many hashtags you can add to posts. So I personally haven't seen this on our social savvy accounts. I haven't seen it on any of the clients that we manage, but I do know a lot of you have been posting about it in our hashtag managed collective Facebook community that you have had this. So Instagram is saying that they are limiting just by way of, you know, notification that will pop up to five hashtags on a post. And I think there's been times in, you know, Instagram creators account in times past where they have talked about is it three to five or three to six being the magic number of hashtags that they say to use and I know we've talked about it here on a dedicated episode around hashtags versus keywords what should you use and so I think it's really interesting it's also controversial because apparently that's not really what's happening it's just a glitch which I feel like is Instagram's cop out for anything these days yeah. No, I read this too and I I seriously contem- so every Monday I send out a newsletter called the Monday Buzz and I highlight social media updates and news just so that my audience and clients know what's going on. So shameless plug there if you want to be <laughs> on my newsletter, shoot me a DM say like newsletter and I will shoot you the link to be on the Monday buzz. But I, so when I'm creating the Monday buzz or going through the Monday buzz, I um, will, will look at, you know, all these articles, whatever. And this one came across, not my feed, just, I found it. And I got excited because I was like, Ooh, this is, because instantly my brain was like, ooh, it looks like Instagram's finally going to settle this debate once and for all. And then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, just kidding. It was a glitch. And I'm like, was it though? Because I feel like you guys really want to make this a thing slash happen. But you and I both know that hashtags really are still relevant. Because I mean, look at TikTok, for instance. Like, seriously, mm-hmm. people are using t- – like we're using hashtags. It's just, yeah. People know, like I, again, compared to when hashtags first came out to now people know how to use them properly. If I'm so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just, do I think it will happen eventually? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, the jury's still out if this is even a real thing or it's – and Madeline and I had to do our research before we hit record because neither of us could remember exactly what it was. But in 2018, which I was taken back by how long ago that was because I thought it just happened. And so that really scared me that we are now – oh my gosh, that's six years ago. So mm-hmm. – Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was scary to even realize that 2018 was six years ago. Um, But in 2018, I remember Instagram did an update to where they wanted to have the feed 
to where you could swipe left instead of scroll up and down. You could swipe left and right. And it was one of those things where people were probably like, whoa, like what is happening? This isn't making sense. And I remember it happening really vividly. And then I remember thinking, okay, this is weird. It's not natural. Like, why are we completely changing like the whole user experience on Instagram? And I remember so many people going to Twitter and being like, what's happening? What's happening? And I don't know if this is exactly the time frame, but I swear it only happened for like an hour. Yeah. And then Instagram reverted it and was like, no, that was a really serious glitch, you guys. Sorry about that. And let's get back to Instagram as normal. And so it's one of those things where, of course, you know, Instagram has always been changing up things and doing different things. And some people get updates right away. I want to say majority of accounts actually had it, which made me think it wasn't a glitch. Because I know sometimes like real glitches only happen to a handful of people. And I think us as social media managers, we're in so many accounts and we either see it on all of them or we see it on one. So I don't think that was a glitch. But yeah, that always gets can we also agree like that is my biggest bone to pick with I don't even know if that's how the saying goes (laughs) but I get so annoyed at Instagram when again I'm reading all the updates and wanting to inform people of them and it's like oh haha only a few people have this or it's not rolled out to everybody I'm like can we like at least roll it out to social media managers so that we can like play around with it and inform our clients about it Mm -hmm. please because or the other annoying thing is again when it's like here's a good example and you tell me if you have this feature yet Jessica but you can now um, put a poll within your caption. Oh, yeah. Do, do you have yeah. like my one? I, my one client has it. I do. I do not have it yet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, a few of our clients have it. I don't think we have it yet, but a few of our clients do. And honestly. It was a client who told me about it when it happened because I did not see it. You know, when you're like, you're on your phone and you're on Instagram 24-7 and you're reading up on all the updates and then, oh, here's one that slips right through the door. And of course, their account before mine. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I'll look into that and I'll get back to you (laughs) on our next Mm -hmm. meeting. It happens. I mean, I think, you know, we don't always have to know because it is so difficult. Thank you, Instagram, for making it difficult as a social Mm -hmm. media manager to know everything that happens um but yeah sometimes I feel like I'm like the last to get it and I'm to your point it would be awesome if there was a you know a big group of social media managers for you know doing a focus group on all of the different updates that happen even before they get rolled out in the app like if there was some sort of process to where we could provide feedback. I mean, Madeline and I are throwing our names in the ring here. Like, we have a great hashtag managed community. Like, we would all love to do it. I think that would be that would be worthwhile because sometimes I don't know or I would love to know what is the reasoning behind the specific updates and features because I don't think a social media manager gives a lot of them. And I think that there's a lot of things that we would honestly want. 
All right, let's go into our third and final segment before we talk about today's topic, which, spoiler alert, is in the name of this podcast episode. So that might be why you clicked it, or maybe you just subscribe and you get notifications every Monday (laughs) when we post new episodes. But on my feed this week is actually something that I have seen so many times, and I really think it's a really old interview from him, Um, but it's from Gary V, and he's talking about the Taylor Swift rule, which is probably because every content I'm consuming is a, you know, meme or article, and of course, Mal and I are always in a group chat with Harmony as well on the team, and we're talking about... Taylor Swift this, Taylor Swift that, like we're, you know, we're booking our trip to the conference and going to London and doing all of the things. So I know why it's on my feed. Um, But Gary Vee talks about the Taylor Swift rule and how she has changed marketing. And one thing that I think is really, really interesting that he talks about is how Taylor Swift Well, one, she's a great marketer. We've talked about it time and time again here on this podcast alone. And of course, she has a team, she has a background, her parents are, you know, have a background in it all as well. So I think it really creates a great mastermind of thinkers and marketers and business-minded people. And honestly, she's a creative as well, which I think goes a long way. And so the one thing that he talks about is depth and depth in what we're doing. And, you know, one of his points was, and if you follow, or even if you don't follow, you probably know that Gary Vee does this, but he is really good at depth in being personable. And if someone is tweeting him or asking him a question like, hey, Gary, should I invest in this or start this business? You know, Gary Vee is there commenting his experience. Like, I mean, he is a serial entrepreneur, so maybe he's relating it to something he does or he's giving his opinion or, you know, doing some coaching or something along those lines. And it's one of those things where not many people are doing that. And I think it's one thing that, you know, we, you know, it's like, it's like that one thing. Um, We all have 24 hours in a day. And Mm. I think Gary V, like Beyonce, like, (laughs) like Taylor Swift, they use all 24 hours in the day. And I think part of that is, you know, they've built big empires. They have big teams. They have a lot of resources, which I know like we we do not. We can certainly get there. But the difference is the personability. And so, you know, thinking about how you can go deep. And so it's super simple. And I think one of his big points of it as well is, especially to like how Taylor Swift does it as well, is not everything she does is calculated, but not everything she does is going to give a direct and immediate, whatever you want to call it, ROI, cash flow, cash boost, revenue boost, you know, whatever name you want to give it, it's not going to happen. But the longevity of it is going to be so big. And so I think when we think about the Taylor Swift effect on the Super Bowl and on the NFL and on so many different things, and, you know, of course, just read any post from ESPN or NFL or any major publication that has a primary audience of primarily men and they'll the comments will be the same they'll say I'm tired of seeing her and Travis I'm when are we going to stop talking about her when or when when and it's it's all really just a buildup of everything that she's done since then. So I think that's something that I think really ties into our topic um, for today as well that we'll kind of go deep in is in it is that you don't have to do the most 
to make the big impact. Um, sometimes it's the really, really small things that happen. You know, it's, of course, these are just examples, but maybe you order from a small business or like a local boutique in town and maybe you place your order online and I don't know, maybe you get a personal email. Um, maybe the owner calls you up and is like, hey, Jessica, thanks for placing the order. Now, I'm not saying that we have to tell our clients to give this level of customer service, um, but we just have to do something small, something personal to add depth. And the last thing that I'll share on this is last week I was in a client meeting and we were talking about their industry, which to be honest is really, really hard. And it's one of those things where the products are so new to the market And especially with our client, they create a really, really unique product. So sorry for being super vague. I just have to be at this moment working with them. I'll share more when I can. But, you know, we talked about their competitors and they're not doing a lot on social media, Part in part to the industry being so vague and you have to cross a lot of red tape and you, it's really hard to market in it. And so, you know, one of the things about it is after doing the competitor analysis, I'm like in the meeting, this is what I said in front of like team social savvy and in front of our client. I'm like, I think we just need to be 1% better. They're on social media. They don't reply to any comments. They just post content and kind of go about their day. And again, I am not coming for those social media managers jobs by any means. Um, I get the resources that go into it, uh, but we just have to sometimes be 1% better. So that's my big takeaway when you're thinking about how can you stand apart as a social media manager? How can you take the Taylor Swift effect into your own or the Taylor Swift rule into your own business, into your clients' businesses when thinking about strategies? And it's all about depth, personability, and just honestly being 1% better. I love that. (laughs) I love Gary Vee. I love Taylor Swift. I feel like Jessica, you and I, I don't know. I feel... I feel like, because we both started our business in 2018. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, I just turned six last yeah. week. Yeah. We just but, found out that 2018 was six. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel, and again, we're, I feel like our friendship bond started bonding too, just like, because we really are, I would like to think, I would honestly like to think Jessica and I are like the OG organic influence or social media manager influencers, if, if that ever were a category. Mm-hmm. But at this time, I'd have to look it up, but Gary Vee's Jab, 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 Right Hook came out mm-hmm. and that book is like my yeah. social media Bible and it because it is all about organic marketing. Yeah. And there are just so many good examples. Like I would I will even revisit that book every now and then ne- mm-hmm. today, you know, just Yeah. Because and I looked that Gary V video about the Taylor Swift rule was in twenty sixteen. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. like he and he's always kind of shared that information and been ahead of the of the curve and again that is kind of our job as social media marketers and marketers in general is you start you study trends you see these you make note of it and Mm -hmm. I think and honestly I think that is what differentiates a really good marketer from a not so great marketer but anyways 
kind of really what's been on my feed this week. I'm going to try and tie it back into that. But for those of you who don't know, it is officially Girl Scout cookie season. And I was a Girl Scout. Jessica revealed that she was not. And that's okay. (laughs) But there you guys, their Instagram, ugh. Another social media manager I want to applaud, would love you on the podcast. You guys, they have stepped up their game. And I really, really encourage you guys to, so what I'm about to talk about is they created this ad. Um, It wasn't a Super Bowl ad, obviously, but they titled it The Only Ad You Need to See Today. And... They have this like thin mint cookie person, like uh, it's a person in a thin mint suit, but it basically, um, the thin mint, it starts off at the early age with when the little girl is a Girl Scout all through like high school, college, and then starting her own business and then to being a mom and her daughter becoming a Girl Scout. And like, you all know, like Girl Scout, it is generational thing. And again, the Girl Scouts, like. I'm going to be fully transparent here too, where I became a Girl Scout because everybody was a Girl Scout and I like FOMO, okay? Little did I know that actually had I probably taken it, taken it, taken it seriously, like it's a true entrepreneurial journey because Mm -hmm. it really does. And so that's kind of what their social, why I'm applauding their social media manager because it's just like it truly is like it is showing these girls like um, money management and like that's kind of the thing I wish because my mom obviously my parents like if you were a Girl Scout in the 90s like your parent most likely took your little cookie sheet to their work and like you you got your cookie sales like you Mm -hmm. did you literally didn't have to do any work I've already told Brennan, I was like, I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to be like, you got to work for it. Because again, he's like, of course you will be because you're you're literally the mom who started her own business. And I'm like, no, but like, I was like, seriously, I kind of wish my parents would have made me work for it a little bit more because it does teach mm-hmm. you money management and just so many other great skills. Mm-hmm. So, and just kind of with the personalization, though, I I love, because obviously, again, my child, my poor unborn children right now, where I'm like, I'm just going to have so many ideas. I'll be the mom who will be like, oh, like, let's do this. Let's do this. And they're like, no, mom. Like, they're going to be like, can you just take the sheet? To, mm-hmm. to your I'd be like but I don't have work so you're gonna have to work right, right. yeah um, you're looking at the whole c-suite right here exactly <laughs> um I do have to ask this is just a side note do you have a favorite Girl Scout cookie Jessica oh um honestly it changes like I think my tried and true is a thin mint but I also mm. love a tag along so Ooh, okay yeah. what about you what's your favorite agreed thin mints but this is this can you're gonna find funny so my second is a samoa love samoa grew up so i could never so we never had coconut growing up because my dad hates coconut he's not allergic to it it's just like he he just doesn't like it so i feel like i was deprived of coconut growing up so now i'm like obsessed with coconut Mm -hmm. but the thing about tagalongs 
I love chocolate and I love peanut butter, but I don't know what it is, but I do not like tagalongs. Like, I don't – I can't explain it. And yeah. everybody's like, that's so weird. And I'm like, I know. I, yeah. It doesn't no, make I sense. That. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. so that's that's what was in my feed. I, I just mm-hmm. – I feel like yours was so – yours was more like – marketing heavy which was beautiful and i'm just like oh cookies <laughs> cookies yep it's cookie season no tis the season no i'm i'm here for girl scout and, cookies. yeah and they just like i love their instagram because they've been bringing back like archive pictures like i'm i have mm-hmm. it pulled up right now and i kind of have an idea of what i i honestly want to make it into a meme and it's like these it looks like it's probably from the 50s and it says cookie money is camping money and i really want to like a screenshot it and like um put things over it where it's like cookie money is blank you know i'm like mm-hmm. oh, the, I, to me i'm like they missed a good opportunity or maybe the social media manager wants it to be turned into a meme because if you look at the other picture next to it and i sent it to you in harmony and it was hilarious i don't know what these cookies are i've never had them um but it's they took these cookies out of the packaging and they're like floating in a bathtub which i think is hilarious because self-care you know Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I think that that – no, I think those two posts – I'm looking at the feed now because, of course, I had to go over and see yeah. what was on the feed. I love that. I think that could really be, like, a good memeable moment. So I really hope that does become – I mean, maybe we – like, Exactly. So oh, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole, like, who knew it floated, but that is – that's what we need to know. Like, I – I'm here for that. Anyone who is like self-care is about balance, you know, like I do my morning workout. I come home. Mm-hmm. I eat more than the serving size of Girl Scout cookies. Like to me, yeah. that's balance. <laughs> yes. And also the last thing I'll say about the Girl Scout feed is you can honestly tell like and this is just something that I'm sure you do with your clients when you're like doing an audit where it's like. I always will trip up my clients where I'm like, can I tell what you do and who you are in the first nine feed, like in Mm -hmm. the first nine posts? And I feel like in their first nine posts, I can tell you that they also are targeting moms and daughters, like where it's like, this is such a fun feed that like, if, again, this comes back to the age thing, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, are these 10 year olds on Instagram? chances are like yeah but like this would be an account that I would like be more than happy that my daughter followed because it's educational Mm -hmm. it's fun Mm -hmm. yeah and it just again Girl Scout has been around for I don't again I don't know how many years but just a great great mission and organization that's that's the word I was looking for organization Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, no, I love the feed. I think it's really, really fun. And I love those two posts. I I hope they keep doing more like that and love whoever is the creative behind that. And who, if their intentions were to be that great, you know, isn't that so funny? Sometimes yeah. I, I'm sure you've made posts like this before, Madeline, where like they do better than you expect. And you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Pats myself on the back. Like I'm really good at this, you know, and it mm-hmm. goes absolutely crazy. And um, I think I shared on a show me the numbers a while ago. We had a client reel go absolutely viral in like 
I think two, two million views, like 2.5 million views. And it was one of those things that we literally thought about it in like 10 minutes during the content day. Like it was not one of the planned out ones. I mean, those are doing well, they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those things where we just thought about this really funny moment as we were literally filming and we're like, Hey, let's film it. And we did a couple of takes and then we posted one of them as, as a reel and it did really well. So it's just, sometimes it's those like simple things. And I think we can get really attached to different things. I mean, we could really do a lot of things with, I'm sure the Girl Scout feed. And um, I think sometimes you get too close to, like we've talked about here before, you get too close to what you're marketing. Sometimes you need to just kind of be in it and okay, what should we really create? Which I think kind of ties really nicely into what we're kind of talking about today with, you know, how do we really lean into that? So let's, let's dive into, let's dive into that topic. So if you read, of course, the title of this week's episode, we are talking about the cocktail party effect. And if you haven't heard about it, this is something that we think is a great um, resource to know and just understand it. And it's really simple and straightforward, but it, it really does have a great foundational piece because it it ties into, you know, personalization psychology. And to be honest, this is what I nerd out about in terms of marketing, like different, I don't know, just different things in terms of like human behavior and marketing and sales, which I know are to full disclosure are two different departments, but I love to see how they get really married into each other. Um, so Madeline, do you want to kick us off with um, kind of sharing your your take and your thoughts about it? Um, because full disclosure, Madeline brought <laughs> this topic for us to record. And so we were like, let's do it. We're running with it. Um, yes. So yeah, Madeline, if you want to kick us off. Yeah. So I first want to start off by explaining what the cocktail party effect refers to or what it is. And so it's the phenomenon where an individuals can focus their auditory attention on a single conversation or sound source, even when there are multiple competing conversations or noises occurring simultaneously in the same environment, much like being in, being at a crowded cocktail party. That was the long version. So, you know, where. On social media, there's just so much going on. We are over-stimulated. We are over-consuming. And what really made me think of this topic idea was, again, Avery reposting me. And one of my past clients sent me this other video, honestly, talking about the cocktail party effect and she laughed because she was like I feel like you literally just did that with Avery and I was like (laughs) enough like if you think about it I did like I had a feeling that because earlier in the week I had mentioned her um listening to her podcast and I think Mm -hmm. she like liked my story whatever and you know we just we Mm -hmm. ran with it and Again, I didn't want to be that creepy follower. Also, let me also say, I hope that you guys listening feel the way I do or did when Avery posted me. Like, I hope that if you were to see me reposting what you posted, uh, like with hashtag manage, like that it would spark joy 
Like, that's honestly, I just hope that for us, you know? And Amanda, our, I, again, Amanda has come <laughs> over from the hashtag manage collective. And the, again, that's something I talked about in my feed this weekend as well, where th- this has been the greatest opportunity, just, just the communities. And I feel like this ties into the cocktail party effect because again, I'm starting to get more of the hashtag managed collective community coming over to the buzzing blonde. And I, again, vice versa, I'm hoping vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, and just when you can personalize things. So again, the reason why I think Avery even reposted my video is because I was talking to her like so many people are tagging her commenting so I laugh when Jessica said in the beginning where if a client who's wanting to get into influencer influencer marketing and just you know playing around with my son is so weird you know getting Mm -hmm. involved with influencers where it's like cool their comment means absolutely nothing like where again it's almost like where's the ROI on that comment where it's like Mm -hmm. that's cool but we can do better like Mm -hmm. we can again where try and get especially if you're wanting to okay I'm getting excited here I'm getting excited (laughs) because I'm I'm coming back to life Um, (laughs) where Let's say, because again, let's bring it to organic marketing, right? Let you have zero budget to work with influencers, right? There are, you, you cannot tell me that you can't get the attention of an influencer to somehow repost your reel or just like get the attention of your brand. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. So like where I'm going with that too is with this cocktail party effect, if you were to make some type of Instagram story or a reel or a post that is talking about it, you're like target audience's ideal influencer. Create the content for that influencer and watch. Watch that influencer comment like, probably Mm -hmm. share it and then yeah you I could almost guarantee again if it's good content guarantee you with that share if they were to share that to their story that you are going to get followers like uh, uh, like good followers followers that you want Mm -hmm. to your feed yeah did I did I do a good job of summarizing yeah no that was perfect yeah no I, I I liked the full explanation of it and I just I love that of course the timing is great with um you know with Avery you know resharing to her stories what you had Mm -hmm. shared and I think that is one thing and it kind of goes into you know we I think and I have this conversation I think with a lot of people to where it's always the idea of more like mm-hmm. more like let's talk to and maybe more is not the best word but <laughs> let's talk to more people let's talk to everyone let's you know you you know think about it in the actual like cocktail party in real life where you're not gonna walk in and just start screaming to everyone in the room and and, and kind of talking at the room instead of talking to someone in particular so I think that's something that I see a lot of a lot of brands do it. I see them do it in ads. I see them do it in organic social to where they're talking to so many people. 
When in reality, if you personalize, and I think I think that's the thing where it kind of goes back to like what was on my feed with the depth and mm-hmm. the 1%, like being 1% better, doing something in a slight 1% increase than everyone else. And honestly, I think that really ties into beautifully. Like we didn't really plan this. I mean, we planned the episode, <laughs> but we didn't really plan this to where, you know, Taylor Swift and I, I think Madeline, you said 2016 was when that video mm-hmm. first circulated of Gary Vee. And so if further along in the video, and if you search Gary Vee, Taylor Swift, this Taylor Swift rule, you'll be able to see many versions of his of his interview. And he was talking about how Taylor Swift would see a, a tweet to her, Taylor, come sing at my wedding. Taylor, take me to prom. Taylor, send me this thing. Like do these things. And of course she is only one person and in 2016 was obviously like had a remarkable career, but she would go do those things. And it wasn't that she was doing everything that people are asking of her to do, but if she saw something for her and she knew it would help her in that depth in terms of reaching more people in the long run. And it's one of those things to where it's, um, it's like, whoa, Taylor Swift is doing that. Like that is her response kind of to Madeline's point. Like that can go such a long way. And I think that it kind of like what I was saying at the start of talking about this topic here is that it's such a great tool for us to have as social media managers when sometimes we don't have a lot of resources. Like we can have this tool in our tool belt and we can reach really cool people by doing it. And I honestly, I lo- I actually love that too because so Avery, hey girl, hey girl, you listening? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> but it just shows too, like not only depth, but like how grounded they are. Where it, so Avery was a, I can tell you, I wasn't one of her OG um, Instagram followers, but she still, she still acknowledges those OG followers. So like oftentimes if you guys pick, this has been the cool part of my entrepreneurial journey by having so many like, like, Oh, she worked (laughs) for Adidas. Oh, she was a nanny. Oh, like, you know, was not straight and narrow, but it's been fun because that's a way for me that I've seen that I honestly have I've continued to build my audience and when I write some captions and some posts I'll be like who like when did you start following me because like that helps me connect with you on such a more a deeper more personal level where it's like oh my gosh you saw my like a lot of my hard and dark times that the that I chose to share on social mm-hmm. and same with Avery like she um was a nurse and like again she like had stalkers and just all this stuff were scary stuff which honestly too I feel like we don't talk like I feel like we don't talk about stalkers. This is getting dark, but I don't mean to be dark, but I just feel like there are a lot more stalkers out there who are following these influencers that they aren't talking mm-hmm. about. And I feel yeah. like that, again, we're not a true crime podcast, right. but, but like, like that is a subtopic that, but yes, no, that's so, so true because I living here in Southern Connecticut, our news is New York City news. And mm-hmm. so I think it was last week. 
maybe it was last week. It was really recent to where um, I'm, I think it's safe to say, unfortunately, one of Taylor Swift's stalkers was arrested for being at her apartment, which of course her apartment, if you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you see it, it's like these dark, like black steps. And I think it's Tribeca. And so if you walk by it, like stunning, Ryan and I have walked by it so many random times. I'm like, oh, Taylor lives there. And he's probably like, wait, how do you know that? It's just when you see it once you, it stays. But again, anyone, I, I have great intentions. I'm not going to camp outside, but some people do not. So yeah, funny that we <laughs> talked about that because that's, been on my uh, news feed like news feed <laughs> but that's something else I feel like we don't talk enough about is honestly how like online stalkers were the fa- like that's stalker like again you and I both know her like again that's scary too where mm-hmm. I can't I couldn't imagine like where it's like when your address is being leaked and I I feel like this should be a whole other I feel like privacy should be an episode too and just again mm-hmm. understanding your your privacy settings and all that yeah. um anyways anyways back to the cocktail party effect too one other thing I wanted to say too is seriously think about this in terms of what type of cocktail parties do you want to be at who mm. what type of cocktail parties do your clients want to be at and take that information when um engaging i think like engaging Mm -hmm. on socials maybe that's a good helpful tip for you guys um because that's like i said the followers that i got from all all of that they're in utah like so or not utah what am i saying avery's in arizona so that's kind of cool too because yeah like whenever i look at my insights like my I want to be known again where it's like our podcast is obviously going to be Spotify's top 10 this year Mm -hmm. and we're going to be international but like I honestly would love and I I I get getting excited I would love to be known in like London like I love London and so I a few weeks ago I asked um Jessica and Harmony, I was like, do like, where are top um, mm-hmm. members, you know, in the in the Facebook group? And I was pumped to see that we had. Hopefully, okay. If you are a UK listener, please let us know. I want to be besties with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm also going to be winning the Taylor Swift giveaway to go see her. Jessica and I are winning it. We're going to be reporting from London, front mm-hmm. row to see Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're like, we're already there. We it's, basically yeah. we basically won, so we're putting it into yeah. existence for that. Yeah. 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 And that's why yeah. Taylor is always and forever will be all over <laughs> our feeds our. Uh, from here on out, as as she should be. There's a lot we can definitely learn, but no, I I love your last point on like what cocktail party do you want to be at and do our clients want to be at because I think we can really take this and I I think I don't know not a psychology podcast but I think that's what we can take with this and how it integrates so beautifully into marketing with how do we put it in different areas of what we do and maybe maybe Madeline and I are just nerds and we like this but I know you guys listening too also 
are equal nerds with us and like this side of marketing as well because it can really expand our just our knowledge of social media marketing organic marketing and I think it really goes such a long way so uh yeah we would love to hear how one have you guys ever heard of the cocktail party effect and personalization psychology is this new to you? We would love to know. Uh, please jump in our Facebook group, the hashtag Manage Collective, and let's talk about it in our thread. And of course, if we can brainstorm with you, and of course, other listeners of the pod can brainstorm as well. If we can brainstorm any ways that you can effectively use this in your business, definitely let us know. So of course, as Harmony has deemed as one of our most said phrases, shameless plug <laughs> to join the Facebook group. Um, and it's one of those things where you know you say it and you've been called out for saying it. I'm going to keep saying it more. So it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those one of those key phrases for us. Uh, but Madeline, any, any closing thoughts before we close out on this week's episode? Let us know what your favorite Girl Scout cookie is. Let's oh. debate that too. Yes. In, on that, the thread. Yeah, that needs to happen as well. We need to know what that is and that's gonna be our poll as well so if you are if you're listening on spotify there are some really fun poll and q a features so we'll put up a couple of options i'm sorry i think we're limited in poll options if i can put in other i will do that and if you guys can type it in i will do that but i'll also put it in the q a so that way you guys can put in your answer because i don't want to leave any cookie out no cookie left behind and so yeah so fun so definitely let us know what your favorite girl scout cookie is and thank you so much if you made it to this far in the episode and we look forward to talking with you and being in your airpods next week don't forget to join our free facebook community and we will chat with all of you in our weekly thread posted every monday after our episode so we can deep dive into all of the things Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, hit that follow button. And if you really love us, be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening from. And if you want to be one of our online besties, you can shoot us a DM over at hashtag managed on Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Or, you know, you could also share all your deepest, darkest secrets kidding but we mean it when we say you can shoot us a dm we love building real authentic relationships with you